Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do have an announcement on December the 8th at 6.30 Mountain Time. That's 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific Time. And we're going to have a live audio chat using this new app called the Wisdom App. And what I I want you to do, if you are so inclined, is to download the app and then on December 8th, join me for a a little bit of a chat. And I'm not planning anything real formal. It's going to be sort of an ask me anything. I guess I should say ask me anything within reason. Don't get weird. But other than that, pretty much open conversation if you have any questions about the podcast. Questions about shows we've done, haven't done, shows we might consider, other old-time radio shows we might consider, or uh, other types of podcasts. I'd love to talk with you and get your uh, questions. Now, I've included a link to the profile in the show notes, but you can also go and access it by typing in wisdom.greatdetectives.net. That'll get you to my profile as well. So this should be fun, and I look towards uh, getting to talk to as many as you of you as we can. We'll probably keep the chat open for about 30 minutes to an hour and again the funnel starts 6 30 p.m on wednesday december the 8th well now it is time for this week's episode of casey crime photographer the original air date february 26 1948 and the title is the fix the anchor hawking glass corporation brings you crime photographer <laughs> Wasn't that hypnotist over at the Odd Fellas Hall really something? Yeah, he sure had some surprising stunts, didn't he? Yeah, like when he put those guys to sleep, then he wakes them up. And always the first words they say are exactly what the hypnotist has told us they said. Yeah, but I've seen that done often. You know, Casey, I'd like to have that hypnotist try it on Tony Marvin. No, no. No dice, Ethelbert. No matter what, as soon as Tony woke up, he'd say... Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Our adventure for tonight, The Fix. Early afternoon, the Blue Note Cafe. 
Ethelbert, the head bartender, is engaged in conversation with a rather weak-looking young man and a very good-looking young woman when the street door opens and... Whoa. Oh, it's nice and warm in here, Casey. Boy, does that heat feel good, Annie. Wow, look who's here. Hi, Ethelbert. Hi. Hello, Ethelbert. Casey. Huh? But doggone. How are you, Archie? Fine. And you? Well, I'll feel better when spring comes. <laughs> Don't you remember me, Casey? Mildred. Hello. Well, what do you know? Say, you look like a million in that mink coat. Thank you. I gather you know these folks, Casey. Huh? I've known Archie ever since he was a punk in grammar school, Ethelbert, and Miss Sells. Our here. Uh, acquaintance goes back only a few years to the Warren affair. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, excuse me, Miss Ann Williams, Miss Mildred Sells. <laughs> Hello, Miss Sells. How do you do? And Archie Purcell. A uh, pleasure, Miss Williams. Oh, thank you. You know Archie's father, Annie. He's one of our favorite cops. Not Lieutenant Purcell. Mm-hmm. He's my old man. Oh, we have a great admiration for your father. Yeah, he's quite a guy. They don't come any better. Well, uh, Miss Sells and I must be running along. We have a date. Yes, it was nice meeting you, Miss Williams. See you again, Casey. That goes double. Must get together sometime. Yeah, we'll try to, Archie. I uh, paid you, didn't I, Ethelbert? Yeah, we're all square. Well, I'll see all of you again. Yes, so long. Bye. Bye. Come again. We will, Ethelbert. Blondes. Wow. There goes one beautiful babe, Casey. Hmm. Yeah, she's dynamite, too. I mean that literally. You know, she's a stooge for old Iron Hat. Tim Lansing? The political leader? Yes, sir, the boss. The big crook under the old-fashioned derby who protects professional gambling in this midtown section. How does that swell-looking gal stooge for him? Names are used in all the big rackets, pal. Mm, like the boss of the Philistines hired that babe Delilah to soften up Samson, huh? You've been catching up on your reading. Well, that's the classical case, yeah. Casey, Lieutenant Purcell has caused Lansing more trouble than anyone else in this town. He heads the gambling squad, and if that Mildred Sells is making a play for his son... Yeah, I thought of that, Annie, the moment I recognized her. So you were talking to them when we came in, Ethelbert. How did he and Mildred act together? Well, they seem pretty sweet on one another, Casey. She may be legitimate this time and just like Archie. Say, Casey, Hmm? she said you met her at the time of the Warren affair. What did she mean? The murder of Mike Warren. Murder? Of Mike Warren? Yep. He owned a clip joint where Mildred worked, and somebody put a bullet through his head one morning. She was questioned like all his employees. I remember the case. Oh, so do I, vaguely. Warren's murder's still unsolved, isn't it? Yeah. So what did you hear Archie Purcell and that girl talk about while they were here, Ethelbert, huh? Oh, he introduced me to the gal. Mentioned he just bought ringside seats for the big fight on Saturday night, right in the middle of the third row. The third row? Mm-hmm. He and the gal was going together, he said. And he bought them? Uh-huh. From a scalper. Scalpers are getting 200 bucks a piece for ducats like that, and Archie's job can't pay him much more than that a month. Well, Casey, do you suppose they... Say, it's peculiar. Yeah, pal. It's very peculiar. Will you answer that, Whitey? Okay, Brent. Hello. I'd like to speak to either Mr. Kelton or Mr. Watts. Kelton speaking. This is Archie Purcell. I don't know you, friend. You may have heard of my father, Police Lieutenant Frank Purcell. I've heard of him. We thought you might like to talk over a little matter with me. I'm downstairs in the lobby of your hotel right now. We'll be right down. What is it, Whitey? The shakedown we expected. 
But not from the source we expected. What do you mean? Down in Florida, they told us the guy who fixed things in this town was Lansing. The guy to be careful of was Purcell. Purcell's son just gave me the come hither. This don't sound right. We'll soon see how right it is. Put your coat on, Brent, and let's go. I imagine you gentlemen have convinced yourselves of my identity. You're Lieutenant Purcell's son, all right. What do you want? You two are professional gamblers from Florida. Don't you know this is a closed town? We're willing to play ball, but friends down in Florida told us we'd get a call from a gentleman named Lansing. My father is head of the gambling squad. I see. You mean there'll be no arrests if we play ball with you? Figure it out. You've identified this gentleman as Purcell's son, Whitey. Yeah. Okay. What do we kick in, Purcell? A thousand bucks a week. Hey, that's murder. We're not big timers. We run small games. A thousand bucks a week in advance. No. They're hooked, Whitey. Hey, the man. Okay, Brent. But remember, kid, this buys us complete protection. Thanks for the tip, Casey. And to you, Miss Williams. I didn't know my son was running around with this Mildred saleswoman. We're going to have a talk with Archie. Now, we may be all wrong about her, Lieutenant Purcell. I hope we are, Frank. Excuse me. Gambling squad, Lieutenant Purcell speaking. I've got a red-hot tip for you, Lieutenant. Who is this? Never mind that. You can pick up two card shops. They're registered at the Hotel Fultonian. There's Brent Watts and George Kelton. There's a poker party going on in their suite right now. That's all. Goodbye. I couldn't help but hear that one, Frank. The old anonymous tipster. A lot of our information comes in that way, Casey. Most of it's on the level. <laughs> I've got to leave you and Miss Williams. Go to work. A little surprise visit to the Hotel Fultonian? Right away. Let's tag along, Casey. Why not, Annie? Let's go. <laughs> What is it? Hey, what's the idea you cops busting in here? All of you men are under arrest. You're making a big mistake, fella. Before you make a bigger one, I suggest you get in touch with your boss. Tell him you've busted in on Brent Watts and Whitey Kelton. Tell that to Lieutenant Frank Purcell. Yeah? I happen to be Lieutenant Purcell. What? You? Just why did you want to get that little message to me? It has been a slip-up, Brent. Yeah. Uh, guess you haven't talked to your son since he saw us. My son? Uh-huh. Uh, can I have a word with you alone? Anything you have to say can be said right here. Okay. If you want it that way, we fixed your son with a thousand bucks this afternoon for complete protection. <laughs> To them gamblers, Casey. Uh, Lieutenant Purcell got the full story about Archie from him, then took him to headquarters and put him in cells. Archie had traded on his father's reputation to extort dough, huh? Yeah. yeah. What does he say about it? Archie, I mean. Oh, he hasn't been found yet. And Mildred denied that she knew anything about Archie's fixed racket. Yeah, but the whole thing smells like old Iron Hat Lansing. One of his lawyers sprung the two guys this morning. 
What does Lansing get out of it, Casey? He's thrown suspicion of bribery on Frank Purcell. Well, how? Purcell raided them gamblers and threw them into the cooler, which proves he wasn't protecting them like his son promised. Yeah, but a lot of people will think there was a slip-up, though, Ethelbert, that Archie neglected to tell his father. I wouldn't, on the strength of just this one instance. Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't either, Casey. And their accusation can't be blown up into a news story. Nothing novel about racketeers accusing cops of dirty work. Last night's affair won't even get into print. Well, not as it stands now, but... Oh, there's the bar phone. Excuse me. Go ahead, answer. Blue Note Cafe, oh, Ethelbert well. speaking. Uh, just a second. Your city desk, Casey. Huh? Oh, Your city great. desk. Hello. Yeah, she's here too, but... Haskins Memorial Hospital. Archie Purcell. Archie Purcell. We'll get there on the jump. Goodbye. Casey, what's the matter? The story will get into print now, Annie. Big prints. Archie was taken to the hospital a few minutes ago after being found in an alley, beaten almost to death. Perhaps once in a decade, a new material is perfected which changes our standards of value. Now, such a material is jadeite, spelled J-A-D-E-I-T-E, jadeite. It makes possible dinnerware unlike anything you've known. Jadeite is really beautiful. It has the lovely texture and color of rare Chinese porcelain. And jadeite is unbelievably strong. It stands up under rough handling without chipping or cracking and is so heatproof you can safely put it in a hot oven. Yet jadeite actually costs less than the most ordinary dinnerware. For instance... A big jadeite platter costs only 25 cents in open stock. And a 35-piece dinner service for six is priced at less than $5 at your favorite chain store, department store, hardware store, or other store selling chinaware and glass. A set of jadeite is a perfect gift, and it makes it easy to replenish your own supply of dinnerware. Jadeite is the newest triumph of anchor hawking. The most famous name in glass. Since the doctors wouldn't let us see Archie Purcell, Captain Logan, suppose you tell us what he had to say, if anything. Well, he confirmed the story Watson Kelton had already told. He shook him down for a thousand bucks. Yeah, Casey. He completely absolves his father of having any knowledge of his fix racket. And that won't help Frank Purcell much with the commissioner or the public. No. What did Archie tell you about Mildred's cells? He denies that she put him up to his racket or that she knew what he was doing. What did she have to say? Denies everything we think is so. We can't even hold her. Well, who gave hmm. Archie his beating? He says he doesn't know. Says it happened so suddenly he had no chance to see what the two guys looked like. That two guys, huh? Watts and Kelton were freed on bail this morning they and... They had plenty of motive to go after Archie, Miss Williams. And when my men find him, they'll have to prove they didn't do the job. Uh, did you find anything at the scene of the beating? No, to... but the guys who worked on Archie didn't do it just for fun. They cleaned his pockets before they left him. Well, they took his dough, huh? Took everything. Come in. Detective Griffo just brought in those two gamblers, Watson Kelton, sir. That's fine. But they claim to have an alibi for the time of the beating. Yeah? They say they were with the lawyer who sprung him this morning at John Ferris. And here's his home phone number, sir. Yeah, I'll call him right now. Not that I'd take the unsupported word on a Lansing's trained mouthpieces. Beginning to look as though an alibi has been carefully set up for him, Casey. Uh, hello. 
I want to speak to Mr. Ferris, please. Oh, uh, Ferris, this is Captain Logan. Uh, we've got two new clients of yours here at headquarters, Watts and Kelton. I'm sure you can tell me where they were between 8 and 9 this evening. Huh? You haven't seen them since noon today. No alibi? Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, that's all. Goodbye. You hear that, Casey? Yeah. This is the idea that those guys may be telling the truth and somebody's trying to frame them. Yeah. Paris may have got them to his house tonight just so they couldn't establish a real alibi elsewhere. But why? I don't know, Miss Williams. Yet. Sergeant, bring in Watson Kelton. We'll hear what they have to say. <laughs> Well, Logan, they said they'd been framed. Yeah, for a solid hour, they said it, Casey. Mm -hmm. And it sounded on the level. Well, the setup's fairly plain, Logan. Iron Hat's a shrewd guy. The anonymous tip that made Frank Purcell raid that game was just the first part of his scheme. He knew the squawk they'd make about Archie would attract enough attention to discredit Lieutenant Purcell, so Iron Hat has a near murder performed on Archie that's sure to hit the front pages. And he makes sure it'll stay on the front pages by framing Watson Kelton as the near murderers. Yeah, he's sure going to make it look bad for an honest guy like Lieutenant Purcell. Mm. What can you do about it? As things stand now, nothing. I'm not so sure of that, Logan. Archie's pockets were empty when he was found. Yeah. I have to know he had a pair of tickets for the big fight tomorrow night. It's a hundred to one that they were on him when he was frisked. I'm wondering if the guys who took him won't use him. Hey, we could pick those guys up and make them talk. Archie can tell us the location of those seats. You know? Yeah, not for a couple of days. The docks have them filled with drugs and the fights tomorrow night. What? Oh, now, wait nuts. a minute. Ethelbert said they were in the third or fourth row center. There's over 20 sections in that arena, Miss Williams, and unless we know what... Wait a minute, wait. Mildred Sells knows. She was going to the fight with Archie. She won't tell. Well, she might tell me a lot of things, pal. She's worried about Archie and she likes him. When I call on her, I have a hunch she may get confidential with a sympathetic friend. You've uh, just come from the hospital, Casey. Yes, Mildred. Well, how is Archie? I got some news, Mildred. It was not pleasant. Well, Archie... Archie isn't... No, no. He isn't dead. He's in pretty bad shape. Oh, no. Doc say he has a chance to pull through if he wants to. If he, he wants to? He realizes what he's done to his old man. He hasn't got much interest in Lily. I know. How do you suppose Archie got himself into this mess, huh? Oh, I don't know. Said he wanted the dough to spend on you. The cops told me that. What gave him the idea to get the dough that way? I don't know. Archie was going to take you to the fight tonight, huh? Yeah. Get tickets for swell seats. Remember where they were? I couldn't forget. He was so proud of having gotten them. He told me over and over. Yeah. Where were they? Numbers eight and nine in the third row of section F. Why? I'm just curious. You know, Mildred, you're the only one who can save Archie's life. Casey, what do you mean? He's going to die unless it can be proven that he was just a fall guy in this fix setup. And that he was pushed into it so his old man would be kicked out of the police department. 
He won't say that you had anything to do with it because he's in love with you. He's protecting you. But if you care anything about him, you'll tell me and you'll tell the cops that Iron Hat Lansing engineered this whole raw deal. If I do talk to you in the cops, Casey, I'll be arrested for murder. What? But I'm going to talk. Wait a minute, I don't I get I went that. to work for Tim Lansing after Mike Warren was killed. I had to because Lansing had evidence that would convict me of the killing. You shot No, I didn't shoot Warren. I don't know who did. But I'd written a crazy letter threatening to kill him. He and I had been uh, friends. We'd gotten tired of it. Well, Lansing found that letter and held it over me. Yeah, that sounds like Iron Hat. About Archie. Lansing told me to make a play for him. To get him to spend more money than he could afford to. Then to suggest that he could get easy money by shaking down gamblers in his father's name. I did it. And then I fell in love with him. But I didn't know he was going to be hurt like this. I didn't know. Come on down to headquarters, kid. We'll tell all this to Captain Logan. All right, I'll get my coat. Someone's at the door. I'll see who it is. Give him a quick brush off. Yes, I will. Hello, Mildred. Mr. Lansing. I happened to be near your apartment, so I thought I'd drop in. Well, Casey. Hello, Lansing. What are you doing here? Casey and I are old friends. I didn't know that. How's the picture-taking business, son? Just about the same, Daddy, like that derby you wear. Yeah, hard hat's the only sensible hat, boy. And since you've got your hat in your hand, guess you're fixing to leave. Don't let me stop you. I was going with Casey, Mr. Lansing. He said he'd drop me off at a store. I, I have some shopping to do. Pretty late for shopping, Mildred. Anyway, I want to have a little talk with you. A private talk. Nice to have seen you, Casey. So long. Wait downstairs, Casey. Okay. So long, Mildred. So long. See you later, Lansing. Goodbye, son. Hmm. Don't ring for the elevator, pal. What? what? We'll take the stairs, you and me. That gun in your hand makes me agree to that. Yeah, I figured it would. What's this all about? Me and a friend are taking you for a little ride. A nice drive out to the seashore. <laughs> How much longer are you guys going to keep me in this beach house here? Like I told you before, bud, we're waiting for orders. Whose orders? That's something we ain't saying. Yeah, I hope we get them orders pretty soon. I want to see that fight. B- fight? Yeah, me and my pal has ringside tickets to the big scrap tonight, bud. Yeah. Ringside tickets, huh? Right down in front. Oh. Seats like that are hard to get. <laughs> we didn't have no trouble. <laughs> it was easy. Hey. Car's driving up. Give a look out the window. Butch, he'll be bringing our orders. He's also bringing the Celtic. The Celtic. I see. Open the door for Butch. I'm doing it. Here's more company for you guys. Get in, sister. Casey. Hello, Mildred. I didn't know they had you too. Yeah, they got me, thanks to Iron Hat, I guess. Yes, he told me he had me watched. He came to my apartment because he got gotten a report that you were there and he was afraid I'd talk. Had him grab me in case you had. Yeah. That's enough conversation for you two. Sit down, sister, and shut up. Hey, do we bump the two of them off, Butch? Yeah, but not yet. You guys will stand guard over until the boss comes out here after the fight tonight. He's going to the fight while we stay here? That's his orders. Look. Hey, we want to see that fight. This'll do as you're told. I'm heading back to town now. I'm going to the scrap myself. So long. Her fault, the lousy... 
fair, it ain't. Hey, uh, why don't you gentlemen go to the fight? We'd be glad to stay here till you come back. Wise guy, ain't you, bud? Hey, got an idea, Dad. Are you nuts? No, we can tie these babies up, can't we? We'll get back here before the boss shows up. Well, I'm beginning to believe you got brains. Sure, I got brains. Hey, what if the boss sees us at the fight? He won't, because his seats are on the other side of the ring. I saw his tickets. Hey, come on, let's get to work. <laughs> and this was really your suggestion, fella. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Why haven't I learned to keep my big mouth shut? <laughs> Slip the cag off my mouth. Now listen, wait. I can see your hands. They weren't as careful with you as they were with me. I think you can get loose. And I go to work, kid. Go to work. I'm free, Casey. All right, get the wire off me. It won't take very long. I only have to untie it. It isn't tied in very tight. Oh, I feel plenty tight. Uh, wait a minute. No. There. Oh. your hands. Leaf. All right, I can get it off my feet. Casey. What? It's a car driving up. Well, what do you suppose that is? Get to that window and see, will you? All right. Stop outside. Get that wire off your feet. I'm working on it right now. Casey, it's Lansing. Lansing? He's getting out of the car. He must have decided to skip the fight. Is anybody with him? No. No one's alone. He's coming toward the door. Get that wire off, Casey. This is a tight knot. Well, untie it quick. I'm trying. Casey, quick. I'm quick. doing the best I can. He may have the key if he comes in here before you get that off. Ah, you see, he has a key. Okay, kid. I'm finally free. There he is. And here he goes. I don't like to hit old guys like you, Iron Hat, but you didn't give me much choice. He carries a gun, Casey. Get it. I've got it. Come on, Lansing, get up. We're going to drive you and your car to police headquarters. Uh, I had a feeling I should have come out here sooner than I planned, Casey. Seems I wasn't smart to come alone. Nobody in your racket is smart, Lansing. Come on. We're going to the nearest precinct station. Yeah, as soon as I pick up my hat, hey, you, you knocked it off. Come on, pick up your derby. You look naked without it. Yeah, I'm attached to this old hat. Here's the ring. He had another gun in that hat. Uh, you take the next bullet. No, Lansing, you take it. I had your other gun, oh, you know. Casey, you got him. Oh, you're bleeding. He only got me through the shoulder. It's not bad. No, come on, sit down. Let me stop that blood. Well, let me see what I did to him first. Pick up that second gun he dropped, will you? Uh, your name's just rotten as mine, Casey. I, I got it in the shoulder, too. That's well. I don't like to kill even rats like you. Uh, well, let's make sure you haven't got still another gat on you. It's a neat trick, that rod in your derby. There's a frame inside that held it, Casey. I see it. Uh, you won't find another rod in me, boy. Two have always been enough until now. Look here, you young people. I, I've got lots of dough. We can make a deal. Sure, we'll make a deal. Deal that'll put you out of circulation for attempted murder. Come on, let's get started. We'll join the crowd at the Blue Note in just a moment. You know, American children are the healthiest children in the world, largely because most American babies now get a good, sound start in life. Much of the credit for this is due to our American food packers who produce convenient, scientifically prepared baby foods. The young mother can now give her baby well-balanced, nourishing meals without spending endless extra hours in the kitchen. In selecting prepared baby foods for your baby, whether fruits, vegetables, soups, or meats, it's wise to insist on two things. 
One, a brand name with which you are familiar, and two, a glass jar. Sterile, crystal clear anchor glass jars can't possibly affect purity or flavor. And because you heat and serve foods in the same glass jars in which you buy them, and then reseal the jars to store leftovers, mothers save precious hours each week. Most of the better brands of prepared baby foods are packed in clean, sanitary anchor glass jars and sealed under vacuum with easy-to-open, easy-to-reseal anchor caps. Both products of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Mildred Sells ain't going to be accused of the Mike Warren murder, huh? No, not a chance, Ethelbert. The very good reason that the bullet found in Warren's body years ago was fired from the automatic that Lansing wore in his iron hat. A ballistics comparison proved that beyond any doubt. Lansing killed Warren? Mm Mm-hmm. After he found a letter that would incriminate Mildred if suspicion were pointed his way. Well, what do you know? At least one other thing. The DA won't bear down too heavy on the extortion charges against Archie. He and Mildred are going to be married. The DA and Mildred? Oh, Oh, no, of course not. Excuse me. Right, boy. You know, this has turned out so nice and romantical, it makes me feel good. Almost like throwing a party on the house. Almost. With that big bandage on your shoulder, you couldn't lift the glass, Casey. (laughs) Ain't it too bad? Yeah. Al, I got news for you. I got one good arm. (laughs) And I've got two good ones to help both of us with. Hmm. Why don't I learn to keep my big mouth shut? Crime Photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, is written by Alonzo Dean Cole. It is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name... In glass. is directed by John Dietz and is based on the fictional character of Flash Gun Casey created by George Harmon Cox. Original music is by Archie Blyer and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. Once again, it is your privilege to aid in the increasing fight against suffering, disease, and disaster. Once again, your American Red Cross confidently appeals to American generosity to support its humane work. This year, then, give a little more, because the need is greater. This is Tony Marvin saying goodnight for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back.
I'm not usually one for guessing voices, but I've listened to way too much Boston Blackie to not recognize the voice of Maurice Torplin, a.k.a. Inspector Faraday, uh, playing the lieutenant. The iron hat solution with the gun, I thought that was unexpected, but kind of clever, provided you could rig up a, a hat that way. It does seem like a really hazardous way to carry your weapon. Because if you don't secure it exactly right, there's the risk of it going off. Or of it falling out and hitting you on the head. And I don't know, if it hits you hard enough, is it like you pistol whisk? yourself. Now, Dr. Joe Webb notes that the Iron Hat has a double meaning uh, because it could be and was often a name for a man's hat, but it also could refer to a safety helmet. So by wearing this Iron Hat, it was not only his hat, but it also could be a safety helmet that he could use to protect himself from attackers and from the law with a surprise attack. And apparently no one before Casey survived the Iron Hand. Dr. Webb also notes that uh, uh, Casey was last shot on uh, the episode that aired uh, May the 22nd of 1947. So I guess in the morning express office, they should reset their counter for days since last shooting of Flash Casey. He also notes that the press release for the episode gave it the title uh, The Six. And he says that there's nothing in the story that would support that as a title. And maybe it was a situation where bad handwriting just got misread. Listener comments and feedback now, and we start with uh, this from Martin, who emails in, I really enjoyed the witchcraft episode of Casey Crime Photographer. I've been listening to and enjoying your shows for a few years and even made a couple of one-time donations. What really caught my attention was when Casey mentioned the murder of a York County, Pennsylvania man named Nelson uh, Reimer. You see, I grew up only a few miles from Reimer's Hollow. A crime really did take place in the 1920s when two men who believed they were hexed by Reimer sought counsel from a local witch and murdered him on her advice. They even set his house on fire in the attempt to cover up the crime, just like in the Casey story. Sometimes life is just as strange as fiction. And sometimes it inspires it. Uh, in the 1980s, the house was still standing, partially burned out and rumored to be haunted. There wasn't a, a teen I know who hadn't been there at least once for various nefarious reasons. Great to hear the local references and keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much, Martin. Appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I can definitely see that as a potential uh, source for... Uh, uh, Alonzo Dean Cole's story. And then we have a comment from Richard who writes, Hello, Adam. I just listened to today's Casey Crime Photographer episode about 
all about the citizens of Frogtown and witchcraft. I listened to your explanation at the end about the scriptwriter's reference to a town of that name. However, I was also thinking about Dogtown, which is an area of Massachusetts on the northeast coast. The settlement also has an interesting tie to witchcraft and wizardry, as you can read about on Wikipedia. Thanks for the great uh, podcast. Casey is one of my favorites. Well, thank you so much, Richard, and I appreciate you uh, sharing the information. All right, well, now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Christine, Patreon supporter since March 2018, currently supporting the show at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next week with another episode of Casey Crime Photographer. But coming up tomorrow, we'll be checking in with Jeff Regan for some hard-boiled action where... It was a great day for the lion. Money all over the place. Motion picture money. Hollywood money. And all we had to do for it was stop one guy from seeing another guy. A very simple job. Except when a guy got in the way of the wrong bullet. The Hollywood story got underway along about noon in the lion's office. He was sitting behind his desk engulfed in a cloud of 50-cent cigar smoke. But through the smoke, the gleam in his eyes cut like a sunset strip searchlight announcing the opening of a popcorn stand. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, come in, come in. It's a wonderful day. Oh, looks like. Rich Uncle Die, that's all? No, no, Jeffrey, but something wonderful did happen. We got a client. Yes. What else? A rich client. Yes. Go on, Jeffrey. Look, Fatso, I'm no mind reader. What's the story? Jeffrey, the big moment has come at last. We've been hired by Progressive Pictures Incorporated. Oh, movie money, huh, Fatso? Oh, more than that, Jeffrey. This case has all the earmarks of a big thing. I happen to know that the famous movie star Larry Winters is involved. <laughs> you see, Jeffrey, we're getting on the inside of things. Thank you, Heather Hopper. Yeah, I also happen to know this case involves a $2 million picture and a real future for the Lion Detective Agency. Think of it, my boy. Us being on the list of the big producers. But which list? Now, you run right out to Progressive Pictures, Jeffrey. Look up Mr. H.P. Lovejoy, the big producer. He'll give you the complete details. And, Jeffrey, above all else, be on your best behavior. The future of the agency depends on you. Really a big thing, huh, Fatso? Big! It's colossal, gigantic, stupendous! Yep, that's movie business, all right. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.